Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What? What's good? What's good? What's good? Raider Nation. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. on a Monday. We finally got here. Almost. Almost. We're not quite there yet for the NFL draft here in Las Vegas. But it is the week of the draft. And I'll tell you what, if you drive down the strip right now, it is all NFL draft. You see all the shots on NFL Network, ESPN. Everybody's crew is out here getting ready for the big week. A big day. Uh, for Las Vegas and the Raiders as they uh, kicked off the draft week here in Vegas uh, in a special way. We're going to have a very special guest with us today, Dan Ventrelli. The president of the Raiders will join us to talk everything Raiders related, everything draft related, everything Las Vegas related. It's a big week. Something that should have happened was supposed to happen a couple of years ago, Demond Cotton, um, but obviously Mother Nature or some other higher force stepped in the way. Uh, COVID-19 struck, and they had to cancel plans for the 2020 draft here in Las Vegas. Uh, but it's back. Time flies. Boy, oh, boy, I'll tell you what. It flies, and you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're brought to you by Tequila in Bajota Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Monday. And without further ado, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend, the Raiders president, Dan Ventrelli, who uh, was out at the Las Vegas, welcome to Las Vegas, signed earlier today along with Raiders owner Mark Davis to officially kick off draft weekend here in Las Vegas. Dan Ventrelli, thank you for spending some time with us in the huddle. How are you doing, my friend? Thanks for having me, Vinny. Great to be here. Well, uh, we saw all the pictures today. Uh, I don't know who the biggest star was out there, Elvis or uh, you or, or Mark Davis, but it was a typical only in Las Vegas day when you've got Elvis Presley, not the real Elvis Presley, let's make that clear, that we know of anyway, Dan Ventrelli, Mark Davis, uh, all the dignitaries out there. Uh, it kind of got the juices flowing a little bit, Dan, today that it's finally here, NFL Draft Weekend. We've been waiting for it and anticipating it, and here it is. Uh, it seemed like a nice day out there for you guys today. Yeah, it was an awesome day, and definitely – if you have Elvis, Mark Davis, and me, I'm the bronze medal in that <laughs> equation for sure. Um, both both those folks are, are are higher billing for sure and justifiably so. <laughs> when you take a look at um, the strip and what's going on uh, at the site and all the construction and now all the TV crews are out here, uh, obviously it's almost like we're getting ready for a big uh, heavyweight championship fight times a million uh, with all the people that are coming into town. Uh, can you get a sense just cruising up and down the strip uh, and checking out the site that something big is about ready to happen? And how excited are you uh, from a, obviously a professional standpoint, um, you know, and this is a, a great day and a great week for the Raiders in Las Vegas, but also we're all still a little bit of a fan. There's always a fan uh, in, in, inside of us. How eager are you from that perspective to see how this all unfolds? No, definitely. It is exciting, right? And I would tell you the most exciting thing about it is that when we started this dialogue about the team coming here, we would say over and over again that realize that having the Raiders in Las Vegas is about a lot more than just football game, right? The football game part is easy for people to understand you know they can see 10 games a year or whatever that would be fun on sundays but really um the goal was to do a lot more than that right the goal 
was to bring more tourists to Southern Nevada. The goal was to bring the eyes of the country on to Las Vegas for big events like this. And so what I would say is that it's, it's inspiring because um, it was always where we wanted to be with it. Um, we wanted to make sure that the whole nation could realize that this city puts on events, big events like this, better than any other city in the country. And it's just exciting to see that capacity gets showcased in such a national and prominent way. We're talking to Raiders President Dan Ventrelli, and it's interesting you should point that out. I saw you uh, at the owners' meetings uh, in Florida last month. I got a chance to talk to people like Peter O'Reilly and and other colleagues of yours around the NFL, and it was really interesting, Dan, uh, hearing them talk about Las Vegas and what you guys have created with the Raiders being the anchor, obviously the NFL logo being involved, the city of Las Vegas, the uniqueness of that market. But universally, Dan, talking to people in the NFL, and you know this as well as I do, nobody in the NFL is just going to give it up. You know, there's a lot of brutal honesty out there. But in 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 Las Vegas's case, your case, what you guys um, have already created here uh, in this market at Allegiant Stadium, the Sundays at Allegiant Stadium, which are just off the hook, uh, there was just universal wow. They've it's just really great and really unique what the Raiders and Las Vegas are doing. Do you get that sense? And it's got to give you a lot of pride that in one year, one season, where fans were allowed back uh, into the stadium, that you guys pulled off what you guys pulled off and created what you guys created. No, there's a lot of pride for sure, um, but Vin, you got to keep in mind, right? It's not just us. It's not just us who created it. This is really the product of the vision of a lot of exceptional people, right? I mean, we had two governors behind it, and Governor Sislak, Governor Sandoval, right? We had three county commissioners out at the sign this morning: um, Jim Gibson, Michael Knapp, Marilyn Kirkpatrick. Um, we had Yolanda King out at the sign this morning from the county. You know, the support from those people, the support from organized labor, the support from the resort community, um, the support from an entire legislature, right, is all behind this success. So it is not really about just the team. It's really about the way the community bonded around the team and had a vision for creating this type of excitement. And so it's exciting to see it, um, but it's really, it's really about the way all of those people work together to create it. What's really beautiful about that, Dan, is the fact that, you know, when you guys were in all those meetings and and talking about this and planning it out and putting this deal together, it was one thing to talk about it and envision it and make promises and pledges and, yeah, this is all going to work out, but... It has worked out to date, and I can I, I believe it's just this is just the tip of the iceberg. It's going to grow and get even bigger and better uh, in the years ahead. But the fact that you just mentioned all the people that were part of this at the at stage one out there, kind of celebrating uh, today, the fact that everyone's smiling and satisfied and proud. You know, it could have been uh, we've seen situations in the past where maybe it didn't work out, and there's hard feelings, and there's all these you know uh, whatever people are not happy with it, but. It's universal happiness and pride, not just like you said, from yourself and the Raiders, but the city of Las Vegas, the state of Nevada. That's got to be also a source of pride for you guys. No, it's great. And certainly what you said is right. This is the tip of the iceberg. This is just a small taste of what it's going to be. This is going to be an incredibly exciting week for this city. But remember, we're a year and a half away from having the Super Bowl here. And as magical and incredible as you think this is, 
you know, we just look forward to raising the game for that event and really creating something um, that builds on this and is even more special. And so we've got to just keep moving forward with it. And like you said, this is the tip of the iceberg for a very long um, and exciting relationship with the team, the community, the league, and all that goes with that. We're talking to Raiders president Dan Ventrelli, and we're going to get into some Raiders-related uh, type stuff because there's a lot of excitement around this team and what you guys have done this offseason thus far to kind of thrust yourself into legitimate. I'm just going to say it. I know that uh, you know um, there's the, you don't want to go there, but I will uh, into legitimate Super Bowl uh, consideration at least pushing forward uh, toward that goal. Uh, so there's a lot of excitement, a lot of momentum, uh, a lot of great things to talk about on that end of it. But getting back real quick uh, to the stadium, the Super Bowl, you've also got Notre Dame uh, uh, playing BYU in a kickoff game uh, next year. Uh, Allegiant Stadium being this destination for tremendous events. We just saw uh, that the the group that took over Las Vegas uh, this weekend, I, I think it's DTS. Uh, I know my kids would know the name of that group, but uh, that was a spectac- spectacular weekend. The fact that Allegiant is becoming this um, you know landing spot for great events, not just sports, but also great concerts, um, and that's just going to continue to grow, I would, I would imagine, as well. It's going to continue to grow. We have a great concert lineup um, for the summer and beginning of the fall, and so we're excited to continue to bring big events to Las Vegas like that. And you're right, Vinny, it was BTS, and they played four shows with incredible energy um, and a lot of enthusiasm from the fans. And it's so cool to see that building in different formats, right? I mean, there's a lot of enthusiasm and and excitement and it feels like completely different than a Raiders game day but is exciting and captivating in a special way no matter what the event is and all of the different ways that that happens are just so cool to see. It is. Uh, I was at the airport um, headed to vacation at the conclusion of the, that concert weekend, and all the fans that, that came in from out of town to watch that uh, th- that concert, it was amazing to me to see how many uh Kids from all ages too that that had come into town just to see that uh, that that group and that's that's the, I think uh, a fact that people need to keep in mind it's not just for the locals which is great and beautiful uh, in and of itself but the fact that a concert like that and many others that are going to be here at the um, uh, at Allegiant Stadium on, on top of your football games and Notre Dame and, and all that stuff that's coming to town but the fact that out-of-towners are coming and making a point to come out to Las Vegas to go see a great concert or show or fight or whatever the case might be at Allegiant Stadium and the additional business that that brings into town as well. You know, that's a great point. I mean, you're right. They're so different, right? All those events are so different. It's, it's different than a football game, but even if you just take the bucket of concerts, right? I mean, I don't think that there's probably a whole lot of overlap in the uh, Guns N' Roses and BTS Venn diagram, right? Right, right. I mean, it really gives you the ability to um, engage and capture and, and really captivate um, so many different groups of people and to really bring them to this city and uh, to the events that we have here and really be able to reach so many different people and so many diverse demographics and, and create something special for all of them is, is really something that... Uh, Doing something that we're proud of. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Dan, I ha- we haven't had you on the air uh, since the blockbuster explosive uh, free agency period and trade period, as it turns out, um, that you guys carried out uh, the Raiders. And uh, I felt like 
Um, what what I what I really liked, especially as somebody that covers the team, and and you know I, I've covered teams in Los Angeles in the past, the boldness and aggressiveness that you guys showed um, in first signing Chandler Jones, which I don't think anyone had that on their radar, and that just was like a lightning bolt uh, that happens all of a sudden. Chandler Jones is part of the Raiders, makes makes all the sense in the world, a, a big move by a big team, and then shortly after that, I don't even remember a day or two after that. You pull off the stunning trade for Devontae Adams. I didn't think there was any chance that that was going to happen. Not necessarily because you guys weren't interested or that Devontae didn't want to be here, but he was under control of the Green Bay Packers, and why would they want to trade him? Uh, But you guys were able to pull it off. I'm hoping that you could talk about the mindset that is needed to not just think about those types of moves, but also make them happen. And I think that it's 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 a great thing because it shows where you guys are in terms of the aggressiveness and the boldness and the decisiveness. Yeah, I think that's right. And I mean, what you got to remember is that it starts with a vision and desire on the part of Josh, Dave, and Mark Davis, right? To really get this right and to really go out and, and be assertive and, and do what we need to do to be competitive and to win. And they're all three of those people are fiercely committed to that. Um, and I think the other thing that it shows you is that, um, you know, all of the things you mentioned take two parties, right? We're not able to do it on our own. You have to have a willing participant on the other side. Um, you know, and I say the same thing about Derek Carr's extension, right? Those people, it demonstrates that those players want to be here, right? Those players want to be part of what we're building, what we're doing, and each of them in their own way did something to make it happen. And, um, that environment where people want to be here, people want to be part of it, people want to um, be part of the energy and the momentum and, and, and the desire to really build something great is something special. And, you know, that's a credit to all those players, and it's a credit to Josh and Dave and Mark Davis because all of them are committed to that, and it creates a lot of excitement, and, you know, we look forward to it creating a fun season. Well, I think that's a critical uh, um, point that you made is that it's not like any of these guys came here kicking and screaming. Like you mentioned, each of them in their own way, um, not just wanted to be here, but, you know, um, uh, helped facilitate it, it happening. And that, to me, goes all the way back to bringing in Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. Um, I know for a fact, just, you know, tapping into my NFL resources, uh, a guy like Josh McDaniels had opportunities uh, elsewhere. Not to, you know, uh, uh, talk badly about any other team out there. Uh, Obviously, it's the NFL. It's great jobs. There's only 32 of them. But he was pretty selective in um, what he wanted to pursue and who he wanted to be pursued by. Uh, And lo and behold, the team that he decided, you know what, I'm going to jump back into uh, the pool with the Raiders, and there had to have been something about you guys and the building and what you guys are doing here that compelled him to do so. Um, what do you think that might be, that that people like Josh McDaniels, who is highly regarded, and Dave Ziegler, who is highly coveted, and Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams want to be a part of what's going on here in Las Vegas? Yeah, Vinny, I think I'd point to two things. I mean, first, you know, i point to Mark, right? Those people talk to Mark. They believe in his vision. They believe in his commitment. They believe in his desire to do what needs to be done to win, um, and there's no substitute for that, right? If you don't believe in the owner, then it doesn't get done. And so all of those people's belief in Mark and his vision and, and his desire to get this thing right and to do it the right way is an indispensable component of their desire to be here. 
Um, you know, and the second thing I would say is that they believe in in this community and what's been built here, right? They see that stadium, they see the practice facility, they see all of the um, engagement in the community, whether it's all the Raiders license plates or the enthusiasm from, um, uh, you know, youth groups or community service organizations or the way we're engaged with um, supporting uh, police and fire in the school district. And, and everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows that the relationship between this team and this community is special. And everybody knows that, the team's presence here is the result of that special relationship, and people want to be part of it. Dan, anytime there's change, um, there's learning curves, there's transition, um, there's you know uh, trying to uh, meld a, a bunch of different ideas and opinions and philosophies together, uh, and and I'm sure that that's going on uh, in in Henderson, you know, with the additions of Josh McDaniels, with the additions uh, of Dave Ziegler. Uh, but you know, from from your vantage point, as you've watched them, I know it's early in the game, but thus far, um, you know, uh, what, what's it been like working for for with Dave uh, and, and and Josh and and uh, anything that you can shed any light on 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 their on what they've brought to the table. It's been incredible. I mean, they're like I said, everybody's committed to rowing in the same direction, doing what we need to do to be as competitive as possible and put our best foot forward. We we feel very good about the moves we've made and where we are, and you know we're going to continue to look at what we can do to make sure that we have as much success as we possibly can this year, and so. You know they're 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 both smart, focused, um, and, and everybody's determined to to get this thing right. All right, Dan, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Um, you guys pick number 86 right now. Obviously, first and second round pick went to Dev- to get Devonte Adams, more than worth uh, the price, and I can't wait to see him out on the field for you guys. Uh, but there's always a possibility, and I know that you know Dave Ziegler's kind of alluded to it. I heard Mark Davis talking about, hey, I'm not going to kiss and tell. I'm not going to ask you to give away any secrets. But um, And I know you guys have a game plan going into the draft. Uh, but could there be any surprises that happen between now and uh, pick number 86? <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't express any opinion about that. We're... <laughs> We're always looking to put ourselves in the best position possible, and we'll see what that yields on draft day. We're um, we're just excited to to bring this group of players to this community, and we think it's going to be um, an awesome season for all of the fans of Las Vegas. And, and we're excited to to get back in that building with them, and it can't happen soon enough. All right, last question for you. Uh, I know the draft is it's not quite a game, um, but there's there's some competitive nature to it, and there's excitement, obviously. Um, you yourself, uh, as as you approach a draft, um, are there butterflies? Are you excited? You kind of can't wait to see how this thing uh, all plays out because at the end of the day, what you're trying to do, obviously, is get better, and there's a hope and anticipation that that's exactly what gets pulled off. So for, as the president of the Raiders, um, is there some nervousness and some, uh, you know, not necessarily anxiety, but just anticipation of what could happen this weekend? Vinny, I think that's the great thing about this game, right? There is always that excitement. There is always that anticipation, right? You head into the off season and you get it um, with free agency. You get it with the combine. You get it with the draft. Um, you know, you get it as you... Had, approach preseason this year we'll get it at the hall of fame game right all of those little benchmarks training camp opening um we have the off-season program going now every one of those benchmarks gives you gives you that excitement that anticipation that um glimpse of 
what you're looking forward to when the season starts. So that's the beauty of this game. There are so many opportunities for you to feel that excitement, and and that's why I we've been so fortunate here this offseason with the Pro Bowl and the draft being present here in the market that we really get to have our fans be part of that excitement the entire time. Um, and, you know, we hope that that continues and that with every step of the way, the excitement builds, and we're looking forward to a great 2022. No question about it. And, uh, Dan, we're going to have you back on uh, throughout this process uh, moving forward. I uh, can't wait to get your thoughts on the draft and everything else that's coming up. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Good luck uh, this weekend. Uh, and, and hopefully for you guys' sake, uh, everything works out exactly how you have planned. Thanks a lot, Dan Vincioli, for joining us in the huddle today. Thanks, Vinny. You got it. That was Raiders president Dan Ventrelli. Uh, He's going to be a regular uh, participant uh, here in the huddle moving forward. And I can't wait uh, to see how that all that evolves as all these um, components start coming together. And as Dan mentioned, you know, working with Dave Ziegler, working with Josh McDaniels, the aggressiveness that everybody has shown, and obviously Mark Davis uh, and his commitment, I think is truly leading to a special uh, place. They're not quite there yet. Uh, everybody's always in pursuit of that uh, great prize, and that's a Super Bowl championship. But I really, truly believe, covering this team now for as long as I have, uh, that it's it's truly moving in the right direction and closer than people think. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Our thanks again to Raiders President Dan Ventrelli, who will be a weekly guest uh, for, with us moving forward. Um, be able to get uh, get an inside look um, at, uh, at what's going on with the Raiders. And uh, it's it's there's exciting times coming. It's not just for what's happening on the field, which is exciting enough, but everything that the Raiders are doing here in Las Vegas, everything's coming to fruition. It's kind of a beautiful thing uh, to see. So uh, keep an eye on that. We're going to figure out a day to do it, but uh, could be every Monday. We'll we'll uh, we'll check that out um, uh, moving forward. But our thanks again to him. Just want to remind you guys that this half of In the Huddle is sponsored by the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. There's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas offer genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. Please call them at 725-373-9879. You owe it to yourself uh, to do that. Uh, Really quick, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation, or excuse me, to the Reality Realty One Group caller line and uh, welcome in Ty from Kentucky. How you doing, Ty? Man, Vinny, man, I know this ain't true, man, about the Darren Wallace trade, <laughs> man. I don't, hey, man, tell, man, look, Dave and Josh, man, don't start that, man. <laughs> like, for real, man, like, Darren Waller, man, you know, he, man, that's our guy, man. Like, he's our dog. He's a game changer. Yeah, like, I'm glad I, I ain't feeling that. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, because I was going to get into it uh, this segment, and I could I could tell you right now, nothing's going on. Uh, I don't care how much the Packers want Darren Waller. Uh, hey, get in line. The New York Giants, the New England Pay- who doesn't want Darren Waller? Obviously, any team would want a talent that dynamic. Uh, so that's not the story. The story would be if the Raiders were interested in moving on from Darren Waller or if there was something of subs- substance happening between the Packers and the Raiders. And I can say based on 
my reporting, my sources, there is zero going on there. So just to get that out, uh, there's nothing going on, at least according to my uh, sources, and I trust them um, without a shadow of a doubt, there's nothing going on between the Raiders and Packers regarding Darren Waller. Does that mean Darren Waller will never be traded by the Raiders? Uh, I can't sit here and say that. Who can who can say that? But I will say this, um, and we've been stressing this for a while now. Why, if you're the Raiders, do you go out and make a bold move to get Devontae Adams specifically, specifically to team him with Darren Waller to form an almost unguardable tandem? Think about the pressure that that tandem puts on opposing defenses. Think about for a second. All right, every Sunday you're going to present and offer up to an opposing defense a decision on whether to pay, put all your uh, focus on or you know an, an inordinate amount of focus on Devonte Adams, which he deserves. That's what you do to players like that. But if you do, it opens things up for one of the more spectacular co-players in the NFL in Darren Waller or vice versa. Think about that for a second. Think about the pressure those two players will put on opposing defenses, okay? That's the vision. That's why you go out and trade for Devontae Adams because you want to pair him with Darren Waller and create something that is extremely unique, undoubtedly productive and explosive, and put the fear of you-know-what into opposing defenses, it almost makes you undefendable. Is that a word? Undefendable? Non-defend? I don't know. But good luck to defenses trying to defend Darren Waller and Devontae Adams at the same time. And then, oh, by the way, you also have Hunter Renfro. You have a running game of Josh Jacobs, who two straight years out of the shoot, 1,000 yards rushing, didn't quite get there last year. There were some reasons for that. Kenyon Drake... Everything that they've done in the backfield, a very good quarterback in Derek Carr. Hopefully, for the Raiders' case, and I know that this is the goal and objective, an improved offensive line. Why do you want to break that up by trading one of the key components of it in Darren Waller? Especially, especially when they have him under contract for the next two years at a extraordinarily reasonable price. Now, I've said this before. If I'm Darren Waller, I want a payday. I've outplayed my contract, okay? And there will come a time, probably sooner rather than later, I wouldn't necessarily say it this year, but probably next year, where Darren Waller is going to go to the Raiders as he faces the last year of his contract and says, we need to change this. And the Raiders will have a decision on whether they want to go down that path or not. But that decision is at least 10, 12 months away. You don't trade him right now. Look, somebody said that uh, because there were some rumors or there was a report. I shouldn't even say rumors. There was a a report out of Green Bay on a uh, Green Bay sports website Uh, Damon, if you could tell me exactly where that report generated from and who the reporter was, that always makes a a, a bit of a difference, that the the Packers are interested and quote-unquote targeting Darren Waller. Great. I mean, I'm sure a lot of teams have called on Darren Waller. Why wouldn't you? 
But that doesn't mean the Raiders are interested in moving uh, uh, Darren Waller. So we saw that today, and it's got everybody uh, up in a roar. I tweeted uh, my response, which was, everybody in the league wants Darren Waller. There's no secret about that, as it should be. He's that coveted a player. He's that good of a player. But if you're the Raiders, why would you move him for a second-round pick with no guarantee that that second-round pick is going to give you anywhere near the production level and impact of a Darren Waller? So um, just just to get it out there, at least according to my sources, there's nothing there uh, whatsoever. And, you know, until Darren signs a new contract here or, or somewhere else, these types of rumors uh, and reports are, are, are going to surface. But I just, you know, I, I don't see it. Now, somebody would say, well, if the Packers were targeting Darren Waller, why didn't they just ask for him in the trade uh, that the Raiders and, and, and Packers uh, completed to get Devontae Adams here to Las Vegas? It, it's against the rules. Remember, Devontae Adams was uh, under the franchise tag in Green Bay. You can't trade a franchised tagged player for another player in the NFL. It has to be for draft picks. That's what the Raiders and Packers uh, ended up doing. And then Devontae Adams signed a new contract here with the Raiders. So it wasn't even uh, allowed under the NFL rules uh, for that to happen. Um, But again, I wouldn't read anything into that. You look at where... The, the, the Packers are drafting. Well, obviously, they're, pack, they're, they're drafting at number 22. First and foremost, that's the pick that they got from the Raiders uh, in the Devontae Adams trade. If you're the Raiders, are you really going to trade Darren Waller for the 22nd pick in the draft? To get what? To get who? Do you have something to say? Uh, yes, I do. I found uh, where I think this is originating from, and that is Aaron Nagler. Um, the co-founder of Cheesehead TV. Cheesehead TV. I love the name, um, and uh, I'm not going to read anything. For what it's worth, he does have a blue check mark on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I know that blue check marks. Right. You know they're not as easy to come by. Right. So he is a verified source on not, Twitter. We'll see how easy or not so easy that's going to become with Elon Musk now owning Twitter. So uh, kind of an interesting turn of events today uh, in the Twitter world with uh, multi, 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 multi. Did I say enough multis there? Multi billionaire um, Elon Musk. Buys Twitter for what forty five billion dollars? Chop change. Not that any of it is his money, but uh, that's just how that rolls. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to uh, disparage the reporter. I'm sure. I'm sure. Based on his sources, the Packers are definitely interested in acquiring Darren Waller. Who wouldn't be? Like if I called up any of. Uh, my sources or, or people that I know in the NFL that are, are part of teams and say, hey, um, if given the opportunity, would you want Darren Waller on your team? Darren or Damon Cotton, how many people, what, what do you think the resounding reaction would be? 31 out of 31 teams <laughs> right. would, would accept him, especially if it's just, hey, you don't have to give him a new deal. I know this would be like outside of those lines. But even the teams like the Chiefs or the 49ers where you say, well, but they have tight ends. They have the two tight ends that I think are better. They would still want him on their team. Yes. And, you know, in a lot of ways, football in that part of the football world, when you're talking about weapons, it's kind of becoming a little bit like the NBA where I'm not going to say it's positionless. That's that's not quite accurate. But you put it together. You make it work. You get as many talented weapons as possible. You don't think that Travis. 
Crosby and Darren Waller uh, could work together? Absolutely. There's a lot of uh, two two tight end sets that are being run in the NFL, and imagine the pressure that would put on. Not to say that everyone's like Vinny. What are you talking about? Darren Waller, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just saying that, as Demon pointed out, rightfully or or uh, correctly, so. 31 out of 31 teams would figure out a way and definitely want a Darren Waller on their football team. I don't care who their tight end is right now. And as Devon also said, the contract that he currently has right now, what is he, $7 million next year? Yeah, and what's it almost like he's 15th when it comes to actual money coming in in yeah. tight ends in the right. entire league? Right. Like every team would, oh, that's a, you got him on a bargain contract. Who wouldn't want this guy? And you would figure that if the Raiders did trade him, which they're not going to do, not this year anyway. Next, I mean, it, it, according to that report, it was brought up uh, maybe a second-round pick. That second-round pick will be here next year just as easily as it would be here uh, this year. I think from the Raiders' perspective, they want to see this thing come to life. Don't you? I mean, if you're the Raiders right now, if you're Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, don't you want to see this offense come to life? Oh, yes, exactly. Because as I mentioned with Q, I don't think that there's a player in the draft that even if they were to magically can get a player, I don't think he's going to be able to match year one or two what Darren Waller is going to offer you this coming season. Let's say Drake London out of USC. Let's say if he's the best receiver in this draft class, would you make that trade? No. Exactly. And I love Drake London. I like so many of the wide receivers that are that are there. There's no doubt that there's some great young talent coming into this game via this year's draft at the wide receiver position, but you're talking about somebody that you can just pencil him in when he's healthy and he was on target to do this last year. 100 catches, 98 catches, 1,200, 1,300 yards, 7, 10 touchdowns. That's what you're getting with Darren Waller, and I would suspect that his impact – while it might not be reflected in sheer numbers, like counting numbers, but I would imagine that his impact is going to be even more pronounced playing alongside a Devontae Adams. And the key to all that, to me, will be put their numbers together by the end of the season and see what kind of damage they're going to be able to do. And don't forget about Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards and other really good young weapons that the Raiders have. This has a chance to be a spectacular, special, unique, explosive offense. You don't break that up just to say, yeah, we got into the second round or even the first round. No way. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, on a Monday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Voluntary minicamp today at the practice facility uh, at Henderson. Good to see uh, the, the the players out there in, in uniform look like an actual practice. Uh, media was not invited uh, to the voluntary uh, minicamp. Um, they'll circle back to us at some point during the next phase of OTAs, and then certainly um, when they do the uh, mandatory minicamp coming up. Uh, I think it's in June. Uh, so a lot going on uh, as the Raiders plot and plan and blueprint what they're going to do this weekend in the NFL draft. They've got an actual NFL team uh, that is working and grinding right now at the practice facility over uh, in Henderson. I, for one, in my job as the beat writer uh, for the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review-Journal and hosting In the Huddle here on Raider Nation Radio, cannot wait, 
cannot wait to get out uh, and see these guys out on the grass just to see what it kind of looks like um, with what we were talking about, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and all this explosiveness that they've got on this offense. Why would you want to change that up? All right, Vinny. Yes. Does the call stand? Or is it going to be overturned? That is right. We do this uh, on a daily basis. The call stands or it's reversed. We take uh, a number of subjects going on in the NFL and elsewhere and decide whether or not the call stands or is reversed. Damon Cotton, have at it. All right. Yes, as Vinny just said, I am your host, Damon Cotton, and I hope you like the game show theme music. And if not, I can always get rid of it. But for today, it is here to stay. Exactly. All right, Vinny. Yes. Ben Simmons of the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. There were reports that, hey, he was going to play in game four, and then it's now he's not playing in game four. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons traded from Philadelphia. Everyone wanted to see how he was going to mesh right. with his Brooklyn Nets team, but he just hasn't played for them yet. So, Vinny, the question I propose to you Ben Simmons, is he playing the Brooklyn Nets and everyone else? Playing us for fools is what I'm asking you. Well, he's certainly not playing basketball. That is for sure, uh, Damon Cotton. But I'm going to take a little bit of a different angle here. Um, And it was really kind of motivated by a tweet from our good friend Isaiah Johnson, the former Raiders cornerback. Um, Always enjoyed covering uh, Isaiah in his time here with the Raiders. Um, But he tweeted out, and he should know because he went through this, if you haven't had a herniated disc and you haven't played professional sports, shut up on this one. And I tend to agree, okay? We take, you know, we hear a back issue or back pain and we see guys making all the money that they're making and you're like, come on, get out there and play, all right? Number one, it's not that easy. Nobody is going to not play. Like Ben Simmons wants to be out there. There's a couple of other issues. So I, I I truly believe there's a physical reason why he's not playing right now. He's banged up and it's not something to be messing around with. I don't care what the situation is this year with, you know, right now with the, with the Brooklyn Nets. There's a future for the Nets and Ben Simmons, by the way, that you have to also keep in mind. So if he's legitimately hurt, which I think he is, don't risk it just because the situation is as dire as it is right now. Go ahead. All right, Vinny. And, and there's say, another, I need to add another uh, point to that, but go ahead. But when it comes to, is he playing us? I do think he is because when it comes to a player saying that they may be back, I think this is from the Ben Simmons side of the I think he wants to be back, yeah. Yeah, that he wanted to be back. But I do think if the team was maybe up to one or down or down to one, I do think that maybe coming back for game four, it would be more of a heroic comeback. But I do think that the spin is being played where he doesn't want to come back and for the last game of the series if the sweep is on the line. Because if they do get swept and you're Ben Simmons and you played, you look like a zero. You look like you're a wet fart. You came in, you played, and it didn't matter. The team got swept anyway. I, You know what? I, I don't think that that's what's going on. I, I truly believe that something's going on with the back. And there's also, and, and Steve Nash brought this. But the reports wouldn't have come out that maybe he was thinking about playing. He, I feel like he could have already, he could have kiboshed it all and said, hey, guys, I'm not playing for the, I'm not playing for no, the rest wh- of the season. If you, if, you, if you heard what happened, he worked out. On the next morning when he woke up, it was it, the the back was barking again. So you have to, A, I, I, I truly believe take him at his word. But also Steve Nash brought this up. There's also something else going on with uh, Ben Simmons that I don't think we should, uh, that, that I think we should, we, should, we should be aware of. And that's the mental health side of it. I think there's something else going on 
along those lines as well. They've brought it up. He has brought it up that I guess he was dealing with some emotional issues and things like that. Um, I don't know what the exact details are, but those are things that we can't just sit here and sweep under the rug. Uh, there's there's a mental health issue going on in the world, all right, that we, you know, Sol- how many times did Solomon Thomas talk about it last year, about being able to be comfortable in talking about it, but then also having the confidence that when you, we do talk about it, it's taken seriously. And but not- I don't think he's not talking about it. He has. The- well, Steve Nash has brought it up. Yes, we're, like so other, obviously, other, other people are doing the speaking for him. Or right, they're and not, that's fine. If that's how he, if that's how he's most comfortable dealing with it, we'll have to just accept that because obviously he's expressed. Steve Nash is not going to just say that. I do that. think that this mental health stuff it came with so much criticism that he was receiving from the fans in Philadelphia. I do think that sometimes we're players Perhaps. they want to you they want to use it both ways, and I do think that there's sometimes that let's say. Us people in the normal in no, in the normal world, normal right. walks of Who life, deal with yes, mental, deal, health, mental issues. health issues as well. I feel like for sometimes for a lot of players, there are only a few, but you see, you have the Kevin Loves where they come out and they say these things. And I'm not saying that you have to be vulnerable when you do present this because Definitely. I feel like for some players, it's you have a bad game and it's I'm just going through stuff. And then you have a good game and it's I really got through this tough time. So were you in the tough time when you were ha- when you're having the good games keep, as keep well? Keep this in mind. Keep this in mind, though, and I think this is important to, to remember. When did Kevin Love come out with all that? He was at a point in his life. It wasn't like he was. How old is is Ben Simmons? About my age, 25, 26. Is he that old? Is he, is he you know, even, even for Kevin Love, it had to have been into his 30s when he started really kind of, all right, I, this isn't just something that I need to sweep on. This is something I need to acknowledge and embrace and and try to uh, fix and try to get better from. So um, find out how old I'm not, you know, there's no age that can really uh, get this thing all figured out or a right time or a wrong time. But I would imagine at his age, um, it, it's easier said than done to come out and talk about it, to acknowledge it. Maybe he's not wanted to. Maybe he's not. Un- Maybe he hasn't been quite sure. Yes, he's um two months younger than me. So yeah, he is twenty five years old. Twenty five years old. That's so young in the whole scheme of things. That is. Very, very young. All right. So maybe he didn't know what he's, maybe he hasn't known what he's been dealing with. Maybe we don't, I I guess my point is we have to take that seriously. It's not something to laugh at or to make fun of. And I think it's too easy for us to do it. And I, I just, I could hear Solomon Thomas when he came on our radio show and when he talked about it and when I interviewed him about that. The fact that, especially in professional sports and men, we get, we're, we're afraid to express ourselves in that regard when we're vulnerable like that and feeling those types of feelings because the reaction might be, oh, come on, man, tough it up, man. Come on, man. You know, uh, stop, stop talking like, you know, uh, like a soft guy, you know, be hard, be, 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 be tough because that's what we're conditioned to do. So sometimes just talking about it is extremely difficult because you're not sure um, what kind of reaction you're going to get from that. So for all those reasons, I think Ben Simmons is dealing with some stuff right now. And I hope that everything works out because I think he's a great player. I think he's got a great talent. And I'm sure he'd be able to help this Brooklyn Nets team, but maybe not right now, maybe down the road. So I'm going to say call overturned. After further review, the player disqualification is reversed. 
All right, Vinny, you mentioned yes. it a little bit earlier. Uh-oh. You know, we got a little heavy, so I was like, well, let's drop the game show music. <laughs> well, talking yeah. about the mental health issues. Right. But you also mentioned Elon Musk yes. buying Twitter for a reported $45 billion. He just beat me out on the offer, by the way. Yeah, oh, with gosh. a B. You know, we, the, Remember, we paired up on that, too. We were close. <laughs> yeah, my $1 and whatever you were putting in. But everyone's freaking out. Elon Musk, is he going to change Twitter? What's going to happen with Twitter? Because Elon Musk, he said one of the things that a lot of people are in favor of, he said, I'm going to get rid of the bots. And a lot of people love that because, Vinny, I'm sure you tweet out something. You can tweet out anything innocuous about the Raiders, and you got somebody that's just like, ah, Vinny, you suck. And then you look at that account. It was created in 2022. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, I, I'm, I, I hope for I hope that does happen because the bots are 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 are, are uh, you know out of hand. Um, what I'm also hearing is like people freaking out and getting worried. Uh, so, so what's what's the question here? Okay, Vinny, does it stand or is it overturned? Yes, yes. Is Twitter dead? Uh, I'm gonna right off the bat say um, I'm, I'm, that call gets overturned. After further review, the player disqualification is reversed. I'm going to say this. I know I see a lot of people freaking out. Uh, I see a lot of people who have um, ill will toward Elon Musk. I don't know the man. Uh, I'm sure he. I'm sure there's some, the truth is somewhere in between uh, with Elon Musk on some things uh, that, that you read. But I'm going to take a positive approach here. I, I'm not going to freak out about this. I'm going to let it play out and see what direction uh, it takes. I don't believe that it's the end of Twitter. I don't believe that he's some uh, Mascavillian type, uh, you know, character, puppet string guy that's going to, uh, you know, get into everybody's head now and use it for evil purposes and get his own message out there and his own narrative and everyone else be damned. I don't think that this is why he went down uh, this road. I, I, I think um, this is just my point of view. I think he's trying to, A, get rid of the bots, uh, B, create a platform where there can be some true dialogue, and sometimes there could be some you know, disagreement and a disagreement allowed, and hopefully people can express whatever their point of view is in a... Um, you know, uh, polite manner and in a class manner. I'm not sure that you could ever fix all of that. Uh, but but I, I truly believe that that's what he's going to use or, or help Twitter get to. And I think, actually, it's going to improve rather than suffer. All right, because I really don't see that. I don't see it improving or suffering. I just think that, hey, he bought Twitter. Good for him. As long as you keep the app free. I could care either way. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that are on both sides of the aisle, by the way. You know, Republicans, Democrats, whatever your political uh, affiliation is, there's a lot of, hmm, what's he using this for? And is it going to hurt us or benefit them? And who is it going to benefit? So, uh, but I'm not, uh, I'm not going to fall into that trap. All right. So thank you all for listening to this edition of Does the Call Stand or Is It Overturned? Thank you very much. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Radio Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday.